Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody out there, Power Women in Insurance. I'm super excited to come to you today and talk to you. Today, it's just me. It's just me. Um, I have seen kind of a thread, a, a theme in my life with having conversations about with other women and other people in the insurance space, as well as just people on online. And um, I thought I'd come to you today and we would just have a little bit of a conversation about specifically creating balance in our lives and um, feeling like we can achieve everything that we're looking to be able to achieve both in our personal life and in our business life. So Welcome. My name is Teresa Kitchens. I am your host here at the Power Women in Insurance podcast. And ladies, I am so honored. We are officially um, a year into this podcast. We have a great growing number of downloads every single month. And I really want to thank you guys for being a part of this journey. Um, I want to be able to reiterate something that I say all the time. And that is if you know, amazing, powerful, inspirational women in the insurance space, I want to hear about their journey. I want to learn from them and I want to pass that information along to other women who are on their insurance journey. And this podcast is for all women, which is in maybe as a carrier who work within within the carriers, Medicare, life, um, property, casualty, commercial, people in sales, CSRs, um, people in um, data, cyber, people in all sorts of aspects that feed into the insurance space. So I do want to be able to talk to all sorts of women out there making a difference and plugging forward to be able to, you know, just really get in there and dig deep and make room for more women in the insurance space. If we talk about insurance, insurance is usually referred to as, um, an old white man's industry. And if you go to an insurance conference, I actually just went to the better agency conference this past weekend in Phoenix. And, um, if you go to one, you notice that the guy's restroom line is so much longer than the women because there are so many more women at these conferences, uh, men at these conferences than women. And um, we really want to be able to um, encourage women across the board. So I really encourage you guys to reach out to me. I am on Facebook, Instagram. Um, you guys can Google me and I will pop up as well. But I really want to make sure that we get their message out. Today, though, I find a common reoccurring theme in talking, especially with women, with women who feel like either their families are not supportive of their careers or their businesses um, and how they have to juggle being full-time mom, maybe being a single mom, um, being a woman in the insurance space and having someone else, maybe um, our kids, our partners are people telling us maybe that we're, that we're too driven. We're too, um, distracted maybe. And I really wanted to bring that up because I've seen literally probably eight to 10 posts on Facebook, as well as it came up multiple times in, uh, the weekend I was in, um, over the past weekend at the better agency conference is how do we create, balance, right? And how do we create a career that we are proud of, that we love and a job that we love, that we feel like we make a huge difference in our 
communities and our economies. And this is a relationship-based business. And how do we juggle all that and yet be fully present and fully there for our kids and for our partners and for our people, right? Um, and then, you know, get involved in community service and other things. So it gets to be a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And depending on where you are in your insurance journey, um, if you work for a, a you know a corporation, it might start off as you know you you punch in a clock, right? You go to work, you work, you go home, you punch out, and when you're at home, you don't necessarily have to um, juggle all these other pieces. But as we go through our career, uh, the 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 more that we get involved in insurance, insurance unfortunately is not a nine to five job. It just isn't because we have to work with people kind of when they're available to a large degree and. Um, especially when it come down to people who sell insurance, agency owners, um, people who even are uh, area directors and so forth. It really is such a relationship-based type thing that so many people work a nine-to-five job that if we're only available nine-to-five, we're not available to them. And that gets to be very difficult. So I wanted to talk to you guys today about a couple different things. Um, a lot of women just feel very beaten up with the idea that we struggle so hard to have it all. But I want to challenge our thinking here. All right. I want to challenge our thinking that having it all is not all things at all moments. And I heard that a couple years ago and it really, really, really struck me that I can have it all, but I don't necessarily have all of it at every moment. And that doesn't mean that every moment I can be a business owner and a mom and a wife and a president of the Rotary Club and the president of my Chamber of Commerce. And, you know, I can't be all things at all moments. So I think if we take that into consideration and really think about the fact that having it all is kind of like multitasking. They say that there's no such thing as multitasking because really all you do is you switch your attention from one thing to another thing and that we constantly rotate our attention. That's life to me. And I understand that there's a lot of times that that's not the most efficient way to be able to work life. So we're going to talk about how to kind of manage that chaos here in a moment. But I wanted to start the podcast today with just challenging us to realize that at any moment, we do have it all because in that moment, we have all of that, whatever it is that we're in at that moment. So if I'm spending time with my family, right, my job and my career and my business fuels the ability for me to be with my family. And if I'm on vacation with them, we have to have a job and a career to be able to pay to go on vacation, right? Or to pay for soccer or, um, you know, that dinner out with our spouse, whatever it is that we're doing. But the reality is, is that if we take time to think about it, we do have it all in that moment. It's just that in that moment, there's only one thing that needs our attention. Just like with that multitasking conversation. Right now, my attention needs to be this podcast. So I turn off all my other things. It doesn't mean I'm not a business owner. It doesn't mean I'm not a mom. It doesn't mean I'm not, you know, um, a podcaster because that's what I am right now. It doesn't mean I'm not, um, you know, the co-chair for the women of IAOA. does not mean that I don't do all these other things. It just means right here, right now, I am a podcaster talking to you and 
It means that my kids can wait 10 minutes, right? It means my clients can wait, you know, 30 minutes, whatever it is. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to get to them and that they're not going to have all of me in that moment that I get to them. It just means that right now I'm totally devoted here to this conversation. So when I go out for dinner with my husband, right, when we have date night, I don't need to be answering phone calls or text messages or emails from my team or from clients, right? I need to be... 100% present in what it is that I'm doing. And then when I'm at work, I need to tell my children to hold on, right? I need to tell my children to wait their turn. And it teaches everybody patience. It teaches everybody the ability to manage and to juggle. And even, I mean, if you've heard my podcast back from December, you know that my kids are grown at this point. They're 27 and 22. And I taught my children very, very early on to do what we call interrupting politely because they were always in my space. And it was one of those things where they were, you know, watching movies underneath my desk on there. Um, at that point, the little portable DVD players and everything. We had hamsters in the back room. We had turtles. We had... Um, you know, also we had a full playroom where they would go play in and they were with me at all times. And they, we taught them something called interrupting politely. And what it is, is when they need me, they come on up and they put their hand on my shoulder or my arm or my leg, if they're underneath my desk. And I would reach down and I would just tap their, their hand, right. And letting them know that I recognize the fact that they've let me know that they need me. And then as soon as I'm available, I take care of them. So therefore, they let me know that they need me. I recognize the fact that they need me. They hear me. They see me. They feel me recognize them. And then in that moment, I totally am 100% devoted to the conversation that I'm on or whatever it was that I was doing, right? And then they also learn to be patient. So then they would go ahead and they would wait and they knew they had been heard, they had been seen. And I think sometimes whenever we get into these conversations with our families, that they feel like we are not spending enough time with them or we're too distracted, that it's because they don't feel seen, they don't feel heard, they feel like they're second-rate citizens. And I would, I don't want my family to feel that way, and I would never want them to feel that way, and I made them feel that way, guys. I, I made my family feel that way so much but I also think there were a lot of things that I did really, really well. And um, one of those things were, is that when I picked my kids up from school every single day, we always went out and we got a snack after school and I took like 20 minutes, 30 minutes and just listened to them about their day. And then we went back to work and then we finished off until about six or seven o'clock at night and then we went home. But they knew that the first thing right after school, I wanted to hear everything like, you know, that download of their day. When we went for dinner or when we had dinner at night, I was always say, tell me two things that were amazing about your day. Tell me your two favorite things about your day. And we started off with positivity. And then, you know, during dinner, we didn't take phone calls and so forth. Now, when dinner's over, they need to go do their homework. I was back on the phone or the computer or I was doing my own thing. So I worked all the time. But when I was with them, I was completely with them. And... um Teaching our children to interrupt politely teaches them patience, teaches them the ability to maybe even work out their own problems ahead of time. Um, I did not do this, but if my children were younger, I would do this now. And it would say, if they have a problem, I would say, what did you do to help solve this problem? And how can I help you from there? 
right? Because it teaches them to solve their problems first. And this is one thing that I'm trying to do more and more with my team as well. So that when they need me, I can say, what have you done to try to help solve this problem? And then let's troubleshoot from there, right? So they have to bring solutions to the table first. So with that attention, it is the multitasking type conversation to where we can always say, we can flip our attention constantly, but right here, right now, in this moment, you are my priority, right? And um, when you are not my priority in this minute, then you can wait a few minutes because I've given you your time as well. So therefore, we're honoring them. We're listening to the people in our lives. We're listening to our account managers, to our, our team, right? We're listening to our children, to our spouses. We're listening to our carriers. We're listening to our bosses. We're listening to our clients. We don't want our clients to feel like they're second-rate citizens either. And if we are trying to look everything up on the computer while we're on the phone with them, sometimes we can't give that service because sometimes we're thinking about things um, while we're on the phone with them. So if we can utilize the idea and the knowledge of the fact that we can have all things, it's just we don't have all things at every single moment. I think that for me was revolutionary. And I didn't actually figure that out until my kids were really teenagers. But um, I did do a program back years ago called Growing Kids God's Way. I've never heard of it since. Um, and there's a lot of things I don't agree with on it, but we did take away that interrupting politely piece. And I think it really saved me with raising my children as an entrepreneur and as a business owner that they learned to wait their turn. Um, now I will tell you too, that there were times that they felt like they had to wait their turn a little bit too much because I would forget about things sometimes. And I'm human just like everybody else. But even if we just need to make a little note on our piece of paper, you know, um, my son's name is Jeff, you know, so Jeff needs me. Right. And then, you know, I circle it, maybe even highlight it while I'm on the phone with a client, whatever. And then I'm totally on the phone with that client. It flags me to make sure I go back and ask my son, okay, babe, I'm totally 100% yours right now. How can I help? And if we can do that, it lets them feel heard and seen. So I love that idea. And I just really wanted to pass that along. Another thing that I've really heard people talk about is finding enough time in the day to do the things that they need to do. And it's along the same lines, but um, I am a huge believer in time blocking. I don't have it down in any way, shape or form, but at the same point, I do have time blocking on my calendar and I try very hard to stick with it. And my team knows that whenever I have, um, you know, a certain time blocking set aside, that is something that I will not answer the phone for. Um, they know that Teresa's in a meeting, right? Or Teresa's doing this, Teresa's doing that. So with doing that, it's also, kind of like that interrupting politely type thing. They'll send me a message and just tell me this needs to be done or they have a question for me. And then as soon as I'm done with my time block, then I get back to them and I work my time blocking to where I have a time block and then I have an open period and then I have a time block and then I have an open period. And my open period is the time to follow up on the people or the things that I couldn't do during my time block. So my team knows that I will return phone calls and that I will get back to them during my open period. And I try to have at least three 30-minute 
open blocks per day that are just for follow-up and my team. And that doesn't always get everything done that I need to get it done, but it's a good time for them to know that that's going to be a time that I will follow back up with them. And that has helped them to not stalk me about, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? Because that would drive me nuts. But they know that during my open period, I'm going to at least respond to their email. I'm going to at least, you know, talk to them on instant messenger. I'm going to follow up with them during that time. All right. And even if I need to pick up with it in my next open period, I'll do that. I have no problem doing that whatsoever. But they know when my open periods are and they know that I will get back with them. I think sometimes people feel like they're not heard and they're not recognized because they don't know when they will be heard. They don't know when they will be recognized. And it's almost like a hopelessness. And I don't think people know how to express that feeling. I think our customers just leave. Our customers just reach off their insurance and go somewhere else. Maybe they'll do an agent letter of record because they quote unquote, haven't heard from us. Um, I think that ambiguity makes people feel like they don't know where they fit. So if our spouses are saying, hey, you work all the time and I feel like we don't have any time together. So you know what? 110%. You know what? I want to honor you. I want to honor me. I need downtime with you. So why don't we say Thursday nights or date night? We have a standing babysitter or when the kids go to bed, we have a standing, you know, glass of wine out on the porch when the kids go to bed and I will not even bring my phone out on the porch. My computer's not on the porch. There's nothing out there. I'm not going to do anything except maybe a baby monitor if that, you know, cause we have to have that. But the reality is, is that I am 100% yours, right? If that means a babysitter, if that means going out to dinner, if that means leaving our home, if that means doing something like that, Carving out that time is the time that someone feels loved and honored. And we need to do that with our children. We need to do that with our team members, having a team meeting with them individually, not just in a group. We need to do that with our clients in policy reviews. We need to do that with, if you're working for a carrier, maybe you're, you know, the people who work on your team. And by doing that, even with our parents, we get so busy that I sometimes don't carve out time to go have dinner with my dads. So, you know, I've got a, a stepfather that I work with in the agency and um, we just say hello and goodbye and chit chat about work stuff, but we don't just go and I'm not just his daughter enough. So we try once a month to make sure that we just go out for lunch and that works really well for both of us. And um, outside of like family specific times, that works really, really well for us. I have certain times of the year, April and October, that I go see my biological father and he is in Memphis. So I go see him for his birthday every year in April and in October. And then um, I call him um, twice a month. So then I spend a little bit of time with him on the phone. So those things, even though they're scheduled, are acts of love. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, a.k.a. agency. 
Don't settle for less. Do more with MBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. And if we need to do that with our team, if we need to do that with our carriers, if we need to do that with our vendors, whatever it is, those are ways for us to have it all at every moment. It's just not everything at every moment because, you know, I can have skirts and, you know, pants and I can have, but doesn't mean I have to wear them both at the same time, right? I can have jeans and be comfortable in yoga pants and I can have dress pants, but I don't wear them all the time. And, or, you know, at the same moment, it's probably a really weird analogy. If you know me, I'm really big on analogies, but the reality is, is that we have to, as that woman, set the stage. And if we sit around and hear somebody say, I don't feel like you pay attention to us, maybe we need to dig deeper and ask, what am I doing that makes you feel that way? And then how can I help us to both achieve what we want and get where we need to go in this relationship, right? Because everything is about moderation, right? I love a great Jack and Diet Coke on a Friday afternoon, but if I have 87 of them, I will not be a good person, right? And I'll be in the hospital. I won't be able to do my job. But the reality is, is that we have to do all things in moderation. Our spouses have to go to their jobs. Our children have to have their um, their education. Our children have to have their friends. We have to do the same thing for us, but we do have to take a little bit more of a awareness approach to it. And when somebody says, where, where, and I hate to say it that way, but if somebody, if you hear that, if something feels like way, way, right. If something feels like whining to some degree, let's say I feel that you're hurt somehow. Let's dig deeper and figure out what makes you feel hurt and how we can work on it together. And it's not about me not being a good wife or me not being a good mom or me not being a good business owner. It's really more along the lines of maybe me not listening. Maybe it's along the lines of the fact that I'm not managing my time or my resources appropriately. And we need to be good stewards of what it is that we're given. And that doesn't mean that we need to be beat up. It doesn't mean we need to feel like we're failures. It doesn't mean that we need to feel bad about ourselves or what we're doing or like we can't have a strong marriage and a strong family and a strong presence in our careers. It means that we have to juggle what that picture looks like. And everything has a season, everything. There are times in a season where our families need us most. And I know I've told the story back in the very beginning of the podcasting when I did why I'm doing this. Uh, I did an episode on my why, but I always say that my why is not about my kids. It's not about me buying a home. It's not about a retirement home. It's not about, um, it's not about a thing. It's not about a moment in time. If you ever hear me give a presentation, I will say that this family is part of my why, but that my why is much larger than that. I want to empower people. I want to empower women. I want to be a force for lots of people to get what they want out of life. 
it's not about taking my kids to Disney World or buying a, a big home or driving a great car or going on a vacation or having the money to do blank. Because those are moments in time and when they're gone, where is my value? When my kids grow up and they don't need me as much and I end up having lunch with them every three weeks, like my son who lives here locally, and I only see my daughter every quarter because she lives in Denver and I'm in Dallas, right? Where's my why? My why is to be able to build a team, to be able to love on all the people around me, to be completely present in that moment. And that moment is special and magical. And that means my team needs to be special and magical. My children need to be special and magical. My husband needs to be special and magical. My clients need to be special and magical. And the podcast needs to be special and magical. My Rotary group needs to be special and magical. You know, the Chamber of Commerce that I go to needs to be special and magical. But I can't be special and magical if I'm too many different places or I'm feeling beaten down about all the other places when I'm in that one place. So I really wanted to be able to take a few moments and really challenge all of us to take this and think about it, process it, right? And figure out where in our lives maybe we need to have conversations, ask questions, don't accuse. Let's not walk into conversations with our spouses or with our team if our team says that they feel like they don't get the right support from us, right? Um, if you're an area manager with a carrier and they feel like you don't support them, instead of going, well, <clears throat> I feel like I support you a lot. Um, I don't know what's wrong with you guys. Rather than, because that's how I used to be, I used to take it very personally. And I used to say, well, what do you mean you don't feel like I support you? I do this, this, this. And it became where I needed to convince them that I'm awesome, right? But the way I'm awesome is if I just go, gosh, I didn't intend to make anybody feel that way. So let's have a conversation about what specifically is going on, okay, that's non-accusatory, that makes you feel that way. This is a separate conversation about what activities go on that make you feel that way, and I'm not going to get overly attached to what comes out of somebody's mouth, all right? And I'm going to ask them to not be accusatory, but to use real specific examples. And if they need time to come up with those, that's fine. We can schedule a time to talk so that way they have time to think. And then from there, I want to be able to say, maybe if they say, well, you know that time we were out for dinner and you took a phone call. I can say, oh, okay, no, I totally get that. So what I'm hearing you say is that you felt like we were having dinner and I was distracted by a phone call and that made you feel like you were not important. Okay, that's not accusatory. That doesn't mean I'm bad. That doesn't mean I'm wrong. That means maybe let's go down to the nuts and bolts of what it is that makes somebody feel that way. Um, I am a ADHD person. I am very loud in general. Um, and I overwhelm some people sometimes. If you get to know me, if you listen to my podcast, I tell people all the time, I was told as a child that I was quote unquote a lot. And I've tried to make myself smaller for so many years to let other people be larger. So what I've learned though, and really, I mean, I'm 47, what I've learned literally in the last two years, literally, and I feel really bad that it's so late in life. And not that 47 is late in life, don't get me wrong. It's just, you know, my kids are older. I wish I would have known this before. Um, is that I am 
When I don't listen, I am a lot. When I overpower people, I'm a lot. But that energy that I have, that voice and the sense of discernment that I do have is something that people are attracted to. And with that, that makes me a great coach. That makes me a great mentor. That puts me in a space where I can work with a lot of people. And I love to do that. I love to do that. But if I run over them, I'm a lot. If I work with them and listen to them with the same intentions of helping them, empowering them, and growing them, rather than being overwhelming, there's just a different focus to that conversation. Then all of a sudden, it's impactful. And I wish I would have known that my first marriage. I'll tell you that right now. I can get loud. I can get overwhelming. And my first husband will tell you right now that I was loud and overwhelming because I thought that I needed to be loud to be heard. And sometimes whenever we take things personally, when somebody says, oh, we were out for dinner and you took this phone call, or you were not really mentally there because you were off staring in the distance trying to solve another problem, I would have gotten loud and said, but you don't know all the things I do. You don't know how stressed I am. Well, here's the deal. They do a lot too, and they're stressed. And they're, they're telling you that they want you, that they want your attention, that you're valuable that they want you in their life and they feel like you're not in their life because we're distracted. And when I learned to hear that from the, the, maybe the, the, when they are overly attached and they kind of come at me and instead I have to detach. And the way I think of it is like, if I'm watching it on a movie screen and I'm sitting in the audience of a theater and I'm looking at somebody and I literally wait 10 seconds. I count my head and I breathe. And then I will just try to say, Teresa, think about this, listen, and hear, hear, listen, do not speak. And until you can repeat what the problem is, I tell myself this, okay, this is from me, Teresa, until Teresa can hear what the problem is, and I can repeat, and that person can agree with me, then I very, until that point, I can guarantee you, I will be responding inappropriately, and I will be responding wrong, because it will not be what they are trying to actually say. How many times do we have conversations with people when, and I'm going to continue with the conversation about somebody's on the phone, you're on the phone. So, well, so what you're saying is you don't want me to make money. You don't want me to be able to work my job and you don't want me to have a career. No, that's not what they're saying. And how many times they come back and go, no, that's not my point. Well, here's the deal. We have to hear each other's point before we can move forward. Just because they say certain words doesn't mean that's what they mean. So take a deep breath. Take 10 seconds. Repeat. Say, what I'm hearing you say is blank. Is that correct? Drill down, get down there until you get to the point. When we get to the point, say, okay, let's talk about how we can work with that. Doesn't mean I need to give up who I am. I want you to hear that. I'm not giving up who I am and I'm not giving up what's important to me. It's just, I hear and I recognize what's important to you. And I want to be a part of that. And I want to honor you. And in return, you will honor what is important to me as well. And together we make a team. 
So that's really important for our team members. That's really important for our children. That's really important for our spouses. That's also important for our carriers. That's also important for our vendors is that we hear each other. And the key to that is knowing that we can't have all things at any one moment. But we don't have all things at every moment. And by being a part of that, we realize that we can be significant and that we can be awesome and really encourage our family, our businesses, our teams, and be impactful to the community that we're in. And I just love that idea. And I don't know how to really put it out there like on Facebook when people are struggling with their spouses or with their exes and with their kids and they feel like they're exhausted and they feel like no one listens to them and they feel like they're probably being a horrible mom and they feel stressed and they feel like they need to, you know, yell to get what they want and what they need. And they feel like they are exhausted. I've been there. Ask my kids. They'll tell you I'm the queen of the rant. They'll tell you that I used to always have this thing, I will tell you three times, and if you have not done it in three times, you deserve the fact that I will yell at you. But here's the key, they didn't hear me the three times that I asked for something, because when I asked for something, I asked for it in a way that they didn't understand what I was asking for. Just like the whole, well, don't take phone calls during dinner, all right? Well, okay, that's one thing, but really what they're trying to say is they don't feel important. So I didn't get what their question was, and then I went on a rant. Luckily, they love me. <laughs> and I always, I, always say that, um, I always say that I'm so grateful that I got to grow with my children because my children have seen that evolution of where I was at 25, when I was at 30, when I was confronted with the impending doom of my first marriage, at 33, when we finally separated, at 36, when we finally divorced. Um, I'm actually going to do a podcast at some point with my um, with my husband, my current husband, because um, we got married in 2012. We were divorced in 2016 and remarried in 2018. And my children went through all of that with me. But I tried to protect them and help them grow. But the stress of not knowing what people wanted and feeling like I had to be all things and being a business owner and feeling like I was just mentally and emotionally exhausted. And all I tried to do was to make people happy. And I was the person who was the least happy. And I was angry and I was bitter. And I did not like myself. And my kids did not like me. And I had to get to the point where I had to say, when I talk to people, people don't hear me. Why? It's because I'm not expressing what is important to me? Well, then that means that I don't think they're expressing what's important to them and I'm not hearing what's important to them. And therefore we are not communicating and we're not solving any problems. So I do have it all. I can have it all. I have had it all at every moment. I just need to be grateful, present, and ask the right questions and get down to the issues so that we can work together to solve them. So Ladies out there, you guys are powerful. We are the people that set the thermostat. I always say that women are the thermostat in their environments. They're the thermostat of an agency. They're the thermostat of their business or the thermostat of their team, of their family. 
and that we can escalate things or we can manage things, right? So be the thermostat who has it all at every moment. You have the full range of one to 100 on your thermostat. It is where that thermostat falls that is within our power to be able to bring the nut down and say, let's deal with real issues. Let's take our turns. Let's each have it all. I want my husband to have it all. I want my children to have it all. I want my teams to have it all. I want my friends to have it all. I want other other people in my sphere to have it all. And with that, I think we can. Just make sure that we do it in the right way. So thank you so much for joining me. This was really just on my heart today um, to talk to just all the women out there. Your job in the insurance space makes a difference. Your place, your heart in the insurance space makes a difference. And I am proud to be on this road with you. Everybody, make sure that you listen every single Wednesday. We, if we do issue a new podcast episode where we talk to powerful women. We talk about powerful topics. We talk about powerful issues in the insurance space. And I would love to be able to talk to you, hear your story, and talk to you about important issues facing women in the insurance industry. Everybody, have a great day. 